And you are watching the postgame show presented by Rico. 38 to 20, your final score. The Eagles fall to the Minnesota Vikings. Ike Reese, Fran Duffy, Amy Campbell. The Eagles now sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Um, I finished the kickoff show with a Lizzo quote. I'm going to start the postgame show saying, truth hurts, guys. Uh, let's start putting this in perspective. Ike, I'll go to you first. Initial thoughts. Well, just a tough game. I mean, defensively, you certainly wanted to come in and have a better showing. We've done a nice job of not allowing explosive plays. I think when they look back at this game, that's the thing that sticks out to me the most is the big plays given up in the first half. I believe the Vikings able to score four times on their first four drives, putting up 24 points. Like, that's a tough way to start a game when you're on the road, really allowing that crowd to just feed off of that energy. Yep. It makes it yeah. an uphill battle for your offense. Yeah, Eagles trail by 21, able to get it within four, still not enough when you put yourself in that much of a hole. Yeah, I think and you look on both sides, right? There's offense and defense. Uh, the defense too often, uh, you had some busted coverages in the back end. I know that one long touchdown to Stephon Diggs down the left sideline. Looked like a busted coverage. Razul was expecting help. There wasn't any help there. Certainly some miscommunication, it seemed like, uh, based off what we saw uh, on television. But I think when you look at this game, you know, just uh, not even missed opportunities, but just putting yourself in bad situations on both sides. You know, defensively, you can't have that many big plays given up against you. You put yourself in that early hole. And then offensively, they're, they're trying. You have to try really hard to get points against a good defense, yeah. right? So uh, to be able to stack plays on top of plays, you have to be. You have to be able to execute at a high level. They weren't able to do that today. Today, too often, they're setting themselves back. Well, look, coming into this, when we were talking about, hey, it's that Eagles run defense against the Vikings run offense. The Vikings did put up the most rushing yards uh, that the Eagles have allowed this season with uh, 122. But it was really the the big plays through the air that seemed to really crush uh, the Eagles today. What did you see from the secondary? Uh, we'll start with you, Ike. Yeah, Fran mentioned it, miscommunication. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You know, you get plays like that where you get guys running wide open down the middle of the field. You know Jim Swartz isn't calling the coverage where he's going to leave Rasul Douglas uh, with that much field to cover yep. Stephon Diggs, man-to-man, miss coverage. And then you need to go to, you have to have defensive backs that are willing to get up and challenge receivers. It's, it's too difficult in this league to play defense against the offense the rules just won't allow it. So you got to be able to get up at the line of scrimmage, challenge guys. And too often today, I thought the Vikings wide receivers were able to really just run freely through the zone defenses. And even when they're in man coverage, they're beating our man coverage with pretty much ease. Uh, I want to get into Ike's takeaways, but Fran, uh, think about this because you're not usually with us at the top of the show. So I'm going to give you three takeaways okay. as okay. well. So if you want to chew on that for a sec, Ike, let's get to yours. Well, I'm pretty sure they, they may be similar. My first takeaway. We're going to have 12 takeaways between yeah. all of us. No, I'm kidding. My, my first takeaway is another slow start. You know, this yeah. is the thing that has plagued this team all year long, getting behind the eight ball, down 10 points again. Uh, I think it got down to 17, 21 points at one point early in the game. It's just too big of a hill to climb up in this league against these type of teams, especially when you're on the road. Especially when you're missing Deshaun Jackson, when you're yeah. missing that deep threat, that quick strike ability. To have to say, okay, we're going to come back down from three scores down and matriculate the ball down the field, not have that quick – it's very, very tough. Very it, tough. It, it reminded me of the Redskins game, the first game of the season, yeah. where the Vikings really just dominated the whole first quarter. I mean, they had the ball the entire time. Two drives in that first quarter, pretty much ate up the clock, got, got 10 points out of it, and it just wears your defense down, and it doesn't allow your offense to really get in the rhythm because they're sitting on the sideline an awful long time. Is that it for your takeaways, or do you have more? 
Oh, well, then you look, then, well, yeah, you look at the defensive Rack side of the ball. Rack them all up, like, let's yeah, go. Yeah, look, look, look at the defensive side of the ball, right? We talked about the explosive plays, just way too many big plays through the air. Uh, Kirk Cousins with Stephon Diggs, whether it's blown coverage or whether it's the right plays called at the right time. This is a copycat league. That first time, that first touchdown that Stephon Diggs had remind me of the same touchdown that Terry McLaurin scored against mm-hmm. us in that Redskins mm-hmm. game. You know, when you when you when you give up big plays in this league, you're going to see them repeatedly every week until you figure out a way to stop them. And how many times did the Vikings use play action? play action pass and then go deep. They must have did it three or four times easily in that first half and seemingly connected on all of them. So when you look at the explosive plays given up on defense, you can't have that in the game. And then my final takeaway, Stefan Diggs. Right. I mean, my goodness, that's yeah. that's just a, you know, for a guy that wanted to be traded eight, nine, ten days ago, he certainly looked happy on the sideline today. And they certainly wanted to get him in the game. When you look at this Eagles defense, it's difficult to run the ball. I know they got over 100 yards, but I'd, I'd like to look at the yards per carry. I, I think the Eagles did a decent job. And how many of those yards came on the reverses, too? Right, That's the thing, exactly. is they weren't straight-off runs. I mean, they, when it came just to Dalvin Cook, first three quarters. Did a great job a great stopping job. the run. Yep, yeah. Just couldn't stop stop the, uh, the Vikings passing game. Yep. And the book on this Eagles defense is, is if you want to move the ball, move it through the air, not on the ground. I thought Stephon Diggs obviously had a career day, three touchdowns. Over 160 yards receiving. We did it. We did a bad job containing him today. Yeah, you mentioned those average numbers. Uh, 35 carries for three, three average three and a half yards a carry yeah. for the Vikings. So uh, you know, pretty. You'll take that. On, yeah, on you'll take carries. that. 10.8 yards through the air. So that's yeah. really where they got him. Look, I have all over my notes here. Stefan Diggs touchdown looked really easy. Stefan Diggs <laughs> touchdown looked really easy. Yeah. Uh, it, what's baffling to me is that, like you said, this was a guy. You know, eight, ten days ago, wasn't sure if he wanted to be in Minnesota. And you have Adam Thielen coming out and saying things about Kirk Cousins not being able to get him the ball. I mean, this was just a totally different Vikings team than we saw earlier this season. I think really what you have with that Minnesota team is a team that's they're very hard to play against defensively for all the reasons we talked about uh, on Eagles game plan for what we talked about on the kickoff show because this is a group that A, they want to run the ball, they want to do play action, they're great with the screen game. So as a defensive line, like you could speak from a front seven standpoint, that's a lot to handle. There's a lot of things going on. So on the back end, you've got to have things buttoned up and from a, just from an assignment standpoint, it didn't seem like that was the case, especially in that first half. And all it takes, we talked about this so many times, is that in football, so many games are determined by four or five plays. Mm-hmm. And when, you don't know when those four or five plays are going to come. So ultimately, if you're not ready on those four or five plays, you're going to give up. The big plays are going to go the other way. Here's what was – maybe, Fran, you can explain this to me because I'm watching this whole game and I'm watching the Eagles' front seven do a really good job to blow things up and stop the run. And then you see those big plays over the top. But when you're looking at the secondary, obviously there's a couple of injuries there, but so many uh, just mistakes there. Where do we isolate what actually went wrong in the secondary? Well, I think ultimately it's – number one, it's tough at times to be able to tell without being able to go back and look at the film, uh, you know, especially from a secondary play because – Without the All-22, it can be a little difficult. They did show some good replays uh, on TV, so you were able to get a couple things. On that one long touchdown, the Eagles were in what's called quarters coverage. And quarter, every look, every coverage has strengths, every coverage has weaknesses. If you're going to be able to go up against a team that played, likes to run the football, you like quarters coverage because your safeties are going to be impactful in the run game. So you're going to play a good amount of quarters. The downside of that is that you're, you're the deep middle of the field 
can be easily manipulated by crossing yeah. routes and things like that. And that's what you saw. You know, Riley McLeod, he's jumping up on a crossing route. And if you've got run responsibility as well, that can leave you vulnerable a little bit. So, you know, Razul Douglas, he's playing as if he's got help, but that help's not there because it's being taken away. So that's one of those things where you give your tip of the cap to the offense and say, hey, they, they beat the coverage. That, that's a tough one. That second one, that's tough to say what happened on that, on yeah. that second one. We, uh, and we can't really give the answer to that because we don't know. It's clearly there was some kind of miscommunication there somewhere in the back end. I'm sure there's going to be a question yeah. to the coach very early about that. Yeah, you, I thought you explained the, uh, the coverage there great. I, I think it's difficult for Malcolm and Rodney to play their run responsibilities when you have that play action and a guy like Dalvin Cook right. in the backfield. You need all those guys up there to be able to bottle him up. Yep. But the flip side of that is a team like the Vikings, they're going to use your speed against you. So they know you're a fast-flowing team. They give you that play action. All it takes is a few steps of you stepping up, trying to support that run, yep. and it allows Thielen and Diggs to get behind those safeties, leaving those corners vulnerable with no middle-of-the-field help because both guys are basically trying to get up there to, to, to run support and help out that front seven. Just a perfect call from uh, the Vikings' offensive side against what they know the Eagles are likely to play defensively in that coverage it's a quarters beater it's, it's just a difficult play to have to cover and teams all over the nfl do a yeah. great job playing you know buffalo is one of the best defenses in the nfl this year they play primarily quarters coverage carolina playing great defensive football i know they, it wasn't great today they had five turnovers though of Jameis winston <laughs> yeah. a lot of quarters coverage down in carolina so that coverage is is one that works and it is good against the run but there are like i said there are strengths and weaknesses to every coverage they got caught uh, with one of the weaknesses on that play Let's go to the Eagles offense, and when we look at what really went wrong for them today, I mean, just looking at the stats, it, uh, it seemed like, uh, for the most part, they did everything well. They just weren't able to get into the red zone. Mm. What did you think really went wrong for them today? Well, they, they couldn't get the run game going to, yeah. uh, as well as I think we would have expected, right? I mean, that was one thing that we've seen from this game. We go back to that Thursday night win over Green Bay. We made that connection on the kickoff show numerous times, Amy, that you know that would be something that you would hope they'd be able to get that going. You did get the running backs heavily involved in the passing game and that's been a really prevalent theme throughout the course of the last few weeks is you know getting Miles Sanders open down the scene get him matched up on linebackers that's been great but the run game just couldn't get going to the point where you felt like hey they, they've really they're really in a rhythm right now up front yeah, yeah and some drives stalled on us in the yeah. first half right you got to be able to pick up those first downs third and two fourth and two you're throwing on both plays. We don't pick up the first down. That gives the Vikings the ball in great field position. They're able to go up top on the very first play to go up 24 to three. And at that point, I thought we became one dimensional, right? You get down three touchdowns. You got to try to pass, pass, pass to get back in the game. Not being able to score right before the half to get any points out of that drive. That also hurts you because you need to be able to stay close in a game like that. And th although they were able to pull within four late in the game or late, yeah, late in the that third, third quarter, yeah. I thought missed too many opportunities early in the game to where you couldn't get back to the run game. Yeah. You, you almost you, – the Vikings knew what you were going to do just about every down, which is basically throw. When they, we came into this game, Eagles, one of the best uh, third down teams in the league, second statistically with 52% conversion rate. That was a big area they struggled today, 33% conversion. Yeah. What about the Vikings defense was able to really stop what the Eagles do best on those third down conversions? Man you up. I mean, they're going to man our guys up, and we got to be able to beat man coverage. There were a couple times there where 
Carson was able to get the ball to guys, and you got to be able to pull it in. You hit Alshon in his hands on one. Zach Ertz got a hit in his hands on one. I know we thought it was a little bit of pass interference there, but the ball still hits you in both hands. You got to be able to catch the ball. You catch the ball on either of those occasions, you're extending the drive. You're giving yourself a chance to go down there, extend the drive, and possibly put points on the board instead of putting that hot Vikings offense back on the field. So as much as the Vikings were doing offensively in the first half, I thought we had opportunities uh, in that second quarter to sort of move the ball. First quarter, they sat on the sideline watching the game like most of us did. But in that second quarter, there were some opportunities there through the air. We just didn't come down with the plays. Too many drops. There was was too many drops overall over the course of the game. And some that won't even go down as drops. As drops. That went went through. through, And even the one deep ball to Nelson Aguilar landed inbounds in the back of the end zone. I mean, those are the ones. There are are a lot of plays where you say, man, they they left some meat on the bone offensively in the past game. Let's go back to uh, our keys to the game that we talked about in the pregame show. I mean, we're going to evaluate what those looked like. What did you see from that, Fran? So mine was the screen game, yeah. and they did hit a couple yeah. screens. They were very, I mean, they were very yeah. active. And when yeah. we talked about it on the kickoff show, was it's not just Dalvin Cook and the running backs, the tight ends, the wide receivers. How many screens did we see to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs today? Uh, they were picking up. It's not about the, the 18 to 25 yard pickups on those. It's the eight yards and 11 yards, it's those little chunk plays that now all of a sudden it's second and one, and you're like, all right, well, now they run the ball. You might stop them for two, but you're moving the chains and you're keeping drives alive. So the screen game was very, very tough for them in Just this game. struggle to stop the bleeding. And I was looking at the offensive line against the, the Minnesota front, very aggressive, um, watching the run game for the Eagles, but also protecting Carson Wentz. Carson sacked uh, twice in this one. One, I think, was in garbage time, and then one yep. was like that yeah. really awful one on third down. Um, what did you see from the Eagles offensive line in this one? I I thought they did a good job for the most part yeah. today. I thought Carson had time to throw yeah. the ball. I like the fact that Carson, when the pocket did collapse at time, he was able to escape, get yeah. out, and find no new passing lanes. That was something I wanted to see from him today. Uh, and listen, Mike Zimmer is a guy who's going to heat you up. He's going to bring in extra guys. You know, we didn't do a great job on one of those pass protections where uh, we missed the blitzer coming right yep. up in the middle. I think that was Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard there. Yep. Yeah. You picked that up. That's where SAG comes from. But I thought the offensive line, for the most part, the, uh, the Eagles had time to throw the ball today. They yeah. had time to throw the ball. That was an issue, and I thought Andre Dillard, it seemed that in he in performed fairly, yeah. fairly well Yeah, against that's Everson a, Griffin. That's a pretty good pass rusher. Yeah, sure yeah you're talking about trial by fire. I think let's spend a little bit of time talking about Carson because one of my big takeaways, obviously, you know, not the results that this team wanted, but one of my big takeaways, I thought we saw him do some really special things with his legs that you alluded to that, yeah. extend, uh, extending the play a little bit when the pocket collapsed to get out and do some like superhuman athletic moves against the, you know, the Vikings pass rusher. Yep. Pass rushers, we really got to see why he is so special. I mean, like you can speak, as a yeah. linebacker, I mean, Eric Kendricks down on the goal line is putting a tough spot uh, on that Alshon Jeffrey touchdown yeah. because you have a quarterback breaking the pocket. You're kind of stuck in no man's land of do you go up and attack the quarterback who has already run? And you had that 23 yard run early in the game, so you know he's got the ability to beat you with his legs. Or do you kind of stay home in coverage? And he was kind of stuck in no man's land there. Yeah, I think that's when we get the best Carson Wentz when he's able to extend plays and also. Our receivers that struggle a little bit with man-to-man coverage, it, when he's extending plays, he's un, he's allowing them to get uncovered. And I thought we saw a lot of that today where Carson was able to either escape to his left or escape to his right. And then the receivers did a great job of uh, staying active, getting open. And Carson is typically smart with the football. He's not going to put it in harm's way. He was able to make some plays down the field. I, I like to see a little bit more of that. I, I know we want him to be efficient from the pocket, but I, never, I think I don't think he's ever going to be just a pure pocket passer. I think he's at his best 
like guys like Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, when you get them out on the perimeter and he's able to be a threat either running the ball or throwing the ball. Well, and a part of his evolution has been to know when to do that, yep. when not to do that. I think this year we've really seen, at least for me, him kind of turn a corner yep. in when to be smart about doing those things and when to, you know, kind of take care of himself a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, the interception total has been so down coming into this game. Uh, so him being able to take care of the football, you know, I think – you kind of toe that line, especially without Deshaun Jackson. You don't right. have that vertical thread of, okay, how, do I, how long do I want to hold on to the football and let things open up, let guys that maybe don't separate as quickly as Deshaun would uh, to allow those guys to get free from a corner, you know, 17, 18 yards downfield versus, you know what, let me take the check down and let's play for third down. you got to try and toe the line there. And for the most part, he's done that. I think that the criticism of him, I think, you know, from a big-picture standpoint, has been a little bit overblown from that standpoint. Right. But Because uh, he's not – He's not going to be perfect, but you know, a lot of the, none of these guys are. Uh, but I think that that's an interesting storyline to kind of follow. Do you does this game feel like an eighteen point loss? Mm. I think not it did. to me. It doesn't. It did, it <laughs> We're didn't. going the opposite way. Like, yeah, like it does it? I'm trying to. It doesn't feel like an eighteen point loss to me. I thought they played them a lot closer yeah. than the eighteen points. But when you think about the plays from the first half and yeah. the big chunk plays and they're down 24 to 3, that's when you realize, like, yeah, we forget that they gave up a lot of explosive plays in that first half. And really the Vikings are caught between when you get up by that many points that early, now you're caught between do you keep the gas down yeah. or do you start running the ball to try to eat up clock? And that kind of got their offense out of whack and allowed the Eagles to get back in because it's difficult for a coach, right? Yeah. You get a 21-point lead that early, you're saying run the football now so you can eat up some clock instead of giving the ball back to the Eagles, which they did, and that allowed the Eagles to get back in the game. We always say like a tale of two halves. Yeah. This one was like the first quarter and the fourth quarter put them off to one right. side, and then the second and third quarter, this was a game. Like this Eagles felt good. This, was, this was going back and forth. Um, this was, it was a it, Look, they, they always want to start fast, and that's been a, a theme throughout the course of the last three years. Is you know, you know, 2017, they started so fast consistently on both sides of the football. Everyone makes the thing about the offense. The defense has also allowed 10 points, I think, on four of six games so far this year on the first two drives. So allowing them to get to score on the opening sure. two drives, I mean, that puts you in a hole as well, mm -hmm. no matter what you do on offense. So both sides of the ball have got to figure out a way to start faster. What was the turning point of this game for you? What play would you label as the turning point? I think Ike and I are on the same page here. Yeah, it's the when they had that four point. It was a four point deficit, yep. and then you yep. give up that touchdown to go down eleven. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles get the ball back. Six plays, they punt the ball away, mm -hmm. and then they go down and score again, eighty eight yards. So giving up those two long drives of seventy plus, that was what kind of sealed the victory for me. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I mean, you get to twenty four twenty, you seem to be back in the game. The yeah. offense got some momentum going. You give up that touchdown drive of 75 yards to go down 31 to 20. Now you're putting even more pressure on the offense because you know you need to get points on that next drive. Offense stalls yep. uh, in six plays. You get a ball back to the Vikings, and then you see that really that that dagger, that 88-yard touchdown yep. drive that really really put the game out of reach. Yeah, for me it was that sack that Carson Wentz took. Uh, you know, they're third and four at the top of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, delay of game penalty. Yep. Oh, they go ball. back. Yeah, yep, that's third it. and oh, yeah. nine takes yeah. that sack, and at that point I'm like, okay, the the Vikings go up by 11, not enough time on the clock. To me, that that sack and that that penalty, really. The penalty, I mean, the penalty is really killer, what killed right? them. Yeah, because when you third and four, you got better options uh, of plays you want to run, right? Third and four, you can send someone deep, someone intermediate, someone short, and still get that first down. You go on third and nine. Now 
the defense knows where to play the defense and how to get to the sticks. And because they do such a great job in man-to-man coverage, they're going to send extra guys no to make Carson get rid of that ball fast. And so that's that's a great uh, game changer right there. That delay of game really put them behind the eight ball. That's what everyone talks about, staying ahead of the sticks. If yeah. it's third and four, exactly what Ike just said. I mean, uh, the defense, you know, forget well, even what an offensive standpoint, what you've got at your disposal. But the defense can say, hey, we're going to go cover zero here. We're going to send more than they can block. The ball's going to come out quick. We're not going to let them get nine yards. That's not going right. to happen. And it was it ended up being a busted protection and a sack. But that's, that blitz may not be in play if it's third and four, not third and yeah. nine. I'm sure we've talked about some of those things. But, Fran, we always look ahead to what you're most excited to take a second look at when mm. you can really get that film, get the all-22, get all the different angles. What are some things that you yeah. are especially looking forward to exploring, mm. kind of getting a little more insight on this week? I want to. We talk a lot about the pass rush and the, the marriage between that and coverage because they, they impact each other so greatly uh, over the course of a game. So, you know, going up, I talked about it earlier, when you have this Minnesota offense and all the different things that they do, I am interested to see what the pressure looked like from the defensive line because it did seem that there were bodies around Kirk Cousins and the coverage didn't always hold up. And that, and they, but there are examples going the other way too where you know the coverage is tight, the rush doesn't get home, now Kirk Cousins has time to roll around. So those two are, very, are tied together very closely. As always, I'll be interested to see what that theme looks like tomorrow morning. Yeah. Any thoughts on Grant's thoughts? Well, I mean, <laughs> listen, he, he's right about the pass rushing. Yeah. That's, it seemed as if Kirk Cousins had guys around him, uh, especially in that second half. When the defense started to really get after him a little bit and they were getting stops, I thought the, the, the guys up front, even Fletcher being around the quarterback, Brandon Graham with a sack early, those guys were able to get in front of Kirk Cousins, get hands up in his face, and it really allowed them to get back into the game. Just we got to that fourth quarter, I don't know if they're gassed, you know, or, or what, but we couldn't get him down when we needed to be able to get him down late in that game. Yeah, let's talk about Brandon Graham a little bit because I – to me, I thought he had a great game. Like, let's talk about a couple guys that did really well today. Yeah. We've been dissecting a lot of what went wrong. Let's talk about Brandon Graham a little bit. Um, like you mentioned, that sack. But to me, he was stopping the run uh, all day and made a lot of big plays. What did you see from him? I agree. I mean, Brandon, the last few weeks has really come on, right? He's yep. been he's been one of the league leaders in getting quarterback hurries and quarterback hits. The last couple of weeks, it seems to have paid off for him. Four sacks in the last two weeks. Another good. He always plays the run well. Yep. So I thought they did. Did a great job up front clogging up those running lanes and Brandon's a big part of that when you talk about start, uh, stopping Dalvin Cook. He really had an interception on that one screen pass. He yeah. read it so yeah. well was able clear. to retrace and get back into the throwing lane. I think when you look at BG he's going to be able to impact the, the quarterback off the edge. We saw the sack on third down for lining up inside as a three technique so you know that versatility is so pivotal and what I loved about that play was the, the, the offense they slid the protection towards Fletcher Cox. So Fletcher's getting a double team. That allows BG to be one-on-one. The offense has to kind of pick their poison. Do we want to slide towards the side that's got two defensive ends and say, okay, we want to make sure we cover up here? Or do we kind of take care of number 91? So number uh, Fletcher Cox impacting the game once again from that Well, standpoint. and they talked about that earlier this week. They had a fun moment in the locker room where actually Fletcher crashed into BG's uh, interview and <laughs> said, hey, did you did you uh, credit Fletcher for your sack, uh, <laughs> it, uh, for any of your three sacks against the Jets? And, and BG was like, hey, you know, I paid him. Real defensive lineman. <laughs> uh, do you, as a former player, do you know anything about this uh, transition here? Well, <laughs> actually, yeah. it sounds like uh, we're about to hear from Coach uh, Coach Doug. Save by the bell. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, maybe I'll forget that by the time uh, we come back. But I'm sure uh, lots of questions for the head coach about this one, I think probably some of the things uh, that we discussed 
um, here. I'm really interested uh, to hear his thoughts. Let's take a listen. First question. Yeah, yeah, disappointed, you know, that we didn't do a better job there. Um, disappointed in a lot of things, but uh, we just got to, we got to look at this tape. We got to be critical of each other, critical of myself, and, uh, and we got to, we got to fix, uh, fix what's wrong. Uh, yeah, until I really look, look at the tape, uh, it's hard to say at this point. I got to talk to Jim and, and see what we were, you know, coverage-wise, what we were in, and, and if there was a breakdown. But uh, uh, until I look at the tape, I, I really can't answer that. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's credit to those guys in the locker room, you know. But uh, flip side of that, we can't be down twenty-four to three. Um, we got to start the game a little faster. We got to be better. Um, we we were a little sloppy. Had some mistakes early that kept some drives going offensively. Um, and we just got to, you know, as a staff and really as players, we got to evaluate it and, and, and get it corrected. What's your concern? Well, one, uh, you know, there's some injury, uh, you know, but you know, again, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. The guys have to play, you know, and. Um, you know, we just we just gotta we gotta look at the tape. We gotta be critical of of ourselves as coaches first, uh, and then make the mis- make the corrections during the week uh, with the players. Yeah, we had the we had the look we wanted. Um, try to take advantage of it, get a little bit closer, an opportunity to maybe shoot it in the end zone after that. Um, made a great play. That would have been the idea. Yes, complete the pass. Right, we were going to get out of bounds. The play was designed to hit Dallas and get out of bounds. We're in the short side of the field. Minnesota ran a lot of gadgets today, a lot of reverses. Did they take you by surprise at all? No, I mean that's that's kind of who they are. Um, we understand their personnel, and and uh, you know I thought, kind of looking back now, just you know they had a good game plan. You know, kind of misdirection, um, utilizing their receivers that way. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got to you know we've we've got to be ready for all that. Yeah, you know, just commented on that until we look at the tape. I, I, it's hard to answer. Yeah, I, I think I think there's some similarities. I think we can draw from you know some conclusions from that, but you know, different season, different team. Um, you know, we still got a lot of season ahead of us, 10 games, and, and um, you know, it's it's where we are right now. Uh, we got to get got to get guys healthy, as we know, um, and uh, got to get everybody got to get everybody kind of, uh, you know, focused in on on you know winning the next game, winning, going one to zero, and um, you know, I think that's something that our team does best is, is rallying around each other and picking each other up and, and moving forward. We all have to, uh, you know, take accountability, myself included. You know, we're all we're all in this together, and and 
um, it's an ownership and and you know it starts with me and I got I got to look at myself in the mirror and, and am I doing everything I can to help this football team win uh, through you know decisions during the game or during the week or how we practice or whatever it might be um, but we all have to do that and um, you know hold each other accountable and, and move forward. I don't have a crystal ball, um, if that's what you're asking. But uh, we've got definitely got to do a better job there. Um, got to evaluate it, and um, you know, it 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 just comes down to just understanding we got we we have to start the game better, um, you know, uh, and and uh, we'll take a look at that this week. We had some opportunity today um, to get down the field. The ball was, was you know, uh, we stretched the field a little bit a few times. So, you know, we get creative with it, um, with, with moving some guys around. Uh, obviously, Deshaun helps that um, when he's out there. So, uh, you know, but um, that's, that's something that we got to continue to, you know, work work with and work through and, and, and find ways to, to be creative that way. Miles Sanders was very effective in the passing game. Talk about splitting him out and getting yeah, he's been uh, he's been doing really well in the passing game. You know, he's been uh, uh, making some plays down the field. The touchdown catch was was big. Um, you know, he's just he just seems like each week there's a there's a chunk play with him. You know, in the passing game, so something we'll keep looking at. Now, first play of the game was actually a, a down the field pass. It's a shot play. Uh, but based on coverage, uh, we killed the play, uh, which is what we're supposed to do. Um, and then, and then on the third down play, we had a mental assignment up front on a third and short, and uh, kept us off the field. I guess, but you only got 46 guys. I don't know who else is going to play if I start kicking guys off the field. I, I, I mean, yeah, we got to we got to look at it. Obviously, we got to coach it up, and we got to show them and and teach them. And the guys have to um, understand that you know this is you know this is something that uh, you know is being called more and more. Um, but yeah, you're right. We got to you know we have to eliminate those penalties, those mistakes. Those are those are hard to hard to overcome. You know, um, whether it's on offense or defense. Um, but we'll take a look at them and, you know, keep keep coaching our guys. I thought he did some really good things. Um, you know, he he, we we gave him again each week like we do with with run pass or pass run checks. He did a nice job there in the game. You know, obviously at the end of the game, which is something we're trying to trying to get chunk plays and and you know that's going to happen from time to time. But uh, you know, I thought overall um, he played tough again. You know, in the pocket. Um, Made some made some tough throws down the field. Um, so again, I thought thought he played overall. Thought he played good. Okay. Okay, coach says it starts with me and uh, a lot of things to look at, but address some of the uh, different parts of the game. Uh, we need to be critical of each other, critical of myself, and fix 
what's wrong. Um, if you're coming in here Monday morning, what are the big things that you're looking at in that department? Yeah, I think really the, you know, when he talked about some of the critical penalties, some of those negative plays, uh, I mean, that's, those are the things that kill drives. And if you're on offense, and he's obviously speaking from an offensive standpoint, those are the things that turn you from second and two and second and three to second and nine or second and 11. Those are the things that you really can't have too often, those things, those mistakes compound on each other when you're playing a defense like this on the road. I, I, for you as a former player, and obviously you didn't play offense, but every week we come in here and talk about the lack of the fast start. It's something the coaches have been addressing. The players have been addressing. Have you experienced something like this as a player where it's like, we talk about this all the time and we are still not executing. Where do you where do you plug the hole on something like that? Well, you just got to keep working at it. And I thought they came out. And, and sure, I have. When I've been a part of some bad teams where it looks as if we can't do anything right on the offensive side of the ball. I remember my rookie year, we averaged 10 points a game, scored 160 points on the entire year. Ooh. So there was a lot of three and outs in that season. And... Um, I, but I thought they came out today with the idea to try to run the football, and they ran the ball three consecutive plays. That's that's a rare for Doug. And so that lets you know that he wanted to put the onuses on his offensive line to try to move that line of scrimmage. They weren't able to do that. And when you're on the road and you have the offense conversely putting up points, meaning the Vikings offense putting up points and extending drives, it puts your it puts even more pressure on your offense to try to get something going. And they've yet through six games uh, they've yet to clean up a lot of the little things that good football teams just don't allow to happen to them. You just don't beat yourself when you're a good football team. And when they were able to put nine wins in a row together back in 2017, those are the things that didn't happen to them as an offense. They were able to score on early drives. They were able to have sustained possessions because you're able to pick up first downs. Even if you're not scoring, you're eating up the clock. You're allowing your defense. I remember that year, they played uh, the fewest amount of snaps that season as a defense because their offense led the league in time of possession yep. because they ate up the clock every game. And this year thus far, they've lost time of possession in just about every game. Even the games that they've won, Even the games they've, they've lost won. time yeah. of possession because that defense is out there on the field. And Fran mentioned it early. You talk about getting off to a fast start offensively, there's no guarantee you're going to pick up first downs, but the more cracks you get at it, the better you will be at executing. And far too often our defense can't get off the field on third down early in games. Yeah, that's really been one of the biggest things is the, you know, the, the slow start. You start, it's not that you press every start of every game, but when you start slow in any given game and you get into that early hole, now on both sides, you start feeling the pressure. Maybe, uh, you know, you try and press and try and make a tackle go in a little bit differently than you normally would. You're trying to fit a ball in or you're trying to catch a ball or fight for extra contact or extra yardage more than you normally would. Those things, uh, you kind of get out of your comfort zone a little bit. A bright spot coach talked about, and uh, we talked about in here a little bit, look, we've talked about the absence of Deshaun Jackson, and especially as that big play threat who can really just break the game open in a second. But Miles Sanders was that guy today. He's been the big play threat for In his now. rookie yeah. year. Uh, yeah. Brent, I mean, what kind of value is this guy to this team? Well, I think that's what, <laughs> when you look at Miles Sanders, and yeah, a second-round pick, a relatively early second-round pick, when you're talking about somebody who can impact the passing game, we talked about this uh, last week on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, podcast that 
It's almost like what the Saints have had over the last few years with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, where you had a guy that was your early downs, you know, your, your tone setter, your finisher as a runner in Mark Ingram, but then you had your dynamic playmaker in Alvin Kamara. I'm not saying that Sanders is Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best young stars in the NFL, but what I'm saying is, is that he can play that kind that of a way. role. He can be yeah. used that way. That brings a lot of value to this offense, and when everything is clicking together, now you're talking about you know, you're being able to attack defenses in a lot of different ways. And he gets his first NFL touchdown today. It's a receiving touchdown, which yeah. we all totally predicted that, didn't we? <laughs> what did you see from the rookie, Ike? Well, I, I thought he had a very nice game, and I like the way the Eagles are using him, right? If you're not going to give him a bunch of carries from behind the line of scrimmage as a runner, you want to use him in the passing game. I actually like the, the, uh, the game plan from the offense today. I I thought they were going to need to at least test this defense down the field. All right, and we are going to hear from Carson Wentz on this uh, game. Here's Carson at the podium. You know, offensively, you know, slow start. Um, it's a good defense, tough place to play. Getting down early makes it tough. So, um, you know, a lot of things we got to we got to come out and execute better. We got to stay on the field, maintain drives, and um, you know, that's, that's a good team. They beat us today, but uh, it's on to the next. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. But after the slow start, you guys really bounce back hard. Talk about staying Yeah, I mean, it, there's that's, that's football. You know, it's football. It's a slow start, and you know we're down, and we got to make some plays, and we we do, but we just didn't make enough. You know, offensively we didn't make enough. Uh, like I said, we got to stay on the field better. We got to put ourselves in better situations and uh, just execute at a higher level. Yeah, we don't, you know, look at it like that um, necessarily. We just try and stay the course. You know, early in the ball game, a lot of time left. Uh, you, you try to avoid putting pressure on yourselves and just, um, like I said, stay the course and, and keep playing, playing offense. And coach keep calling it, you know, the same way. And, um, you know, I thought we did a decent job of that, but just, you know, it wasn't good enough today. Uh, I wasn't on the sideline. I mean, I was standing there uh, waiting for coach to just tell us what was going on. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't involved in that. But in that situation, wouldn't you want to be on? I mean, hey, coach, coach, make the call, and uh, you know, if it works, it would have been awesome. You know, and it, it didn't, so that's yeah. football. Yeah, I mean, you know, hats off to, to them. That's a good defense. You know, there, there were some shots today that uh, we just we didn't connect. You know, there were some other times where, um, you know, I might have missed some guys and, and those types of things. But uh, it, it's a good defense, and um, we really had to earn it today. And like, like you said, I mean, we, we just we, we didn't get any of those deep shots really really going today. What's the feeling what you guys need to Yeah, I mean, everyone's just got to do their job. You know, we know the guys that we have. Uh, we know the, the talent that we have and the ability we have um, in that locker room. And so uh, for us, it's just staying the course. You know, push, put this behind us. You know, it was a tough road game. We, we got beat straight up. We got beat today. But uh, we're excited for next week, and uh, we'll turn the page fast. Yeah, when you look back at, at last year, probably the most loss you had was the same. It feels a little bit like that. You guys were able to rebound from going forward. You were able to draw from a loss like that. 
I mean, the, the plan is to learn from this without a doubt. I mean, you know, you never want to want to lose a game, but we're going to wa- watch the tape, you know, really thoroughly. And, um, you know, everyone's going to take ownership and accountability of where they can improve, where they can get better. Um, and like I said, we're, we're going to turn the page quick. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to go down there and, and face a good Dallas team. In the fourth quarter there, when the game's Yeah, we just miscommunication up front, and we didn't we didn't get it off. It's, it's a frustrating one, uh, something that we got to clean up for sure, and I got to do better. Um, I don't I don't think so. No. There were a lot of plays today, third and fourth and short, that were so close. Do you feel it was just a bunch of missed opportunities? Um, I mean, without a doubt, you know, like I said earlier, we got to stay on the field. You know, whether that's third downs, fourth downs, um, put ourselves in better situations on, you know, from second down, um, and so we just got to stay on the field and make better plays in those key uh, key situations. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good good defensive scheme there. You know, they, they schemed us up, they got us there. Um, a frustrating one, tough one, but uh, you know, hats off to them. They they made a heck of a play. Is that a hard deal not to, to finish the game? It is what it is. You know, coach is going to make that decision, and uh, you know, I, I trust whatever whatever decision he makes. Carson's so close to your hometown. Uh, I'm sure you had a lot of friends and family. Anything special? Um, you know, it's cool knowing, you know, a lot of support out there, uh, friends and family, a lot of, you know, NDSU fans in the area. You know, I wish wish I could have given them a better show today and, and come out with a victory. But, uh, you know, it's, it's special being this close to home and, uh, you know, playing in front of, you know, a lot of people that I grew up knowing and, and caring about. Thank you, guys. Okay, last week you had the denim jacket. This week we have... The green, the green jacket. We've got yeah. the hat. We've got the pattern. Uh, That's a little North Dakota green. Yeah. Yeah. He was going back home or close to home. It's mm-hmm. the closest he would be at home. So obviously, expecting a bunch of fans. That's that's what we would call, friend, a victory suit. You had you had thoughts <laughs> on the hat though. Yeah. Oh, I mean that looks like a Brian Dawkins Hall of Fame edition type of uh, hat. I have two of those myself oh, you on have- the shelf. So. Oh no, I mean, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like it. Humble and, uh, brag. Man, listen. That's 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 a um, <laughs> that's an outfit that you expect to sort of win the football game in. Happy birthday to the Hall of Famer today, by the way. That's right, yes. B Dog. Happy yes. birthday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to B Dog. What is he? Seventy. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I, I can see. Okay, so I'm going to go back and uh, reflect on some of the things Carson said. Um, to like you, the mood. That's oh, yeah. I, <laughs> your former teammate. I mean, there you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you guys can deal with that after the show. Uh, we're going to. Oh, is, is he calling me right now? Um, we. Uh, I really loved Carson's demeanor. Um, I just thought, you know, he. He was just like, let's put this behind us. And you really, I, I believed him. Um, he, you know, just, we have to stay the course, put this behind us. We know the talent we have, and everybody just needs to do their jobs. I think there's a difference between this team is not good enough versus we know we're good enough and we didn't execute today. What kind of vibe did you get from him? The team's three and three yeah. at the end of the day. Which is not bad. Right, they're three, they're three and three. We're going on the road with a great opportunity this week against a team that you were either going to be tied with or behind one game uh, in the division. So yep. you're very much, I mean, it's not like the season's over. Like, let, no. let we can, you know, I think with his demeanor, I think you kind of appreciate that. Look, they're going to come back. They're going to try and improve on some of the things that uh, they need to improve on this week. You've got uh, this week of practice. You go on the road with a night game on Sunday night uh, down in Dallas. It's going to be a huge matchup. All right, uh, Fran, we're going to give you a, a little bit of a break here. We're going um, uh, to send it to Mike Quick, who got to talk with head coach Doug Peterson one-on-one. Here's that interview. 
Coach, thanks for joining us. First of all, t- tell me about the decision to go for it on fourth down with Jake Elliott on the fake field goal. Yeah, we had uh, we had worked that in practice this week, and it's a, it's a look that the Vikings uh, presented uh, actually on our uh, earlier in the game, and so we, we we elected to go right there. We still had some time on the clock. We execute that properly. We get out of bounds, gives us another opportunity to shoot the ball uh, into the end zone. Great play by Minnesota. But does he have an option there? That just the option to throw it to yeah dallas. i mean it was just an option to throw it to dallas and um again you know they made a play and and uh you know uh, uh, jake was trying to make a play as well came back strong in the third quarter you got it to 24 10 or 24 20. um talk about how, what it take to get the guys to get back into this football game yeah they, you know again at halftime they, they they had no panic um they felt comfortable with what we were doing made that made the necessary adjustments that we needed to make and in the run and the pass game and really you know came out and and and, and put that nice drive together we, we got some explosive plays uh got it in the end zone um and it really was a spark that we needed in the second half and then we went back down the field we got the field goal after that and thought we had some momentum you know especially in that second half how much are you concerned about the play of your secondary? Well, you know, it's definitely a concern. Um, you know, and it's not the only concern. There's there's things we can we can you know look at. You know, everybody can look at. But you know, there are some injuries back there. Um, yeah. You know, we got some guys coming. Guys are getting healthy. You know, but still, we got to we got to hold it together. And and, and, and coaches, have, we got to coach our players up and make sure they're in the right spot and, and understand the game plan. And um, you know, that falls on us. But uh, at the end of the day, too, the players have to go play and make plays and. And uh, we got to make sure that we're doing doing right by them. Now, how do you handle this getting ready for the Cowboys? Do you just turn the page on this game, or do you look at it and do the corrections? Or I think you got to look at it. Uh, you got to you got to see what we did right. You got to see what we did wrong. Um, but but we'll do it quickly. Um, you know, because we got to go back on the road again. Um, a great opponent, NFC East opponent, the Cowboys coming up next weekend, and and uh, you know we're just trying to to figure out how to how to beat them. Thanks, Coach. Good luck next week. Thank you. Very candid. We got to put this behind us. Another road opponent uh, coming up. Thoughts on uh, Coach's conversation there. What do we learn? I mean, he's right. Great demeanor. I mean, listen, the one thing you don't want is to allow one loss to impact you next week, mm-hmm. right? There's still a lot of football left to play. They got a d- divisional opponent coming up next week against the Dallas Cowboys. You got 24 hours to sort of get this thing digested and get it out of your system. Get ready for next week. Coach knows. I mean, you you can't allow one loss to linger into another. Look, it's what, a what cliche, options, right? but it's a cliche yeah. for a yeah. reason. Well, yeah. what, are the, what are the options? He's like, okay, we're going to come back and feel sorry that we lost this game, and right. you know, don't worry about getting ready for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the, the, the only option is to say, okay, we're going to think about this on the flight. We're going to worry about what we got to fix tomorrow. Yep. And then we're going to worry about Dallas. I mean, that's that's the mood right now. Yep. All right. We are going to take a quick break, Fran. Thanks so much for joining us as always. On the other side of this break, we will continue breaking it down like we always do on the postgame show presented by Rico. We'll see you in a minute. Meet the Wawa Hoagies. Every hoagie is made for you with delicious ingredients on a freshly baked Amoroso roll. Try one today like a toasty cheesesteak, a mouth-watering meatball, or an Italian hoagie. Every one made just how you like it. So now that you've been introduced, stop by and get a fresh, delicious hoagie today. Gotta have a Wawa. Wawa is the official hoagie of the Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh no, I got to keep 
Sometimes we prosper most when we help others. We respect that because at Santander Bank, respect adds up. See what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher, like fresher meat and seafood, and fresher produce, including organic. And our butchers cut our USDA choice Lancaster beef in store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Shop on game day and save 5% at Acme when wearing your Eagles apparel. Thanks for joining us on the postgame show presented by Rico as we continue to unwrap the Eagles 38 to 20 loss to the Vikings. Eagles rookie Miles Sanders had his first touchdown in the NFL. Today was a receiving touchdown for 32 yards. He was three catches for 86 yards and of course that touchdown along with another big 45 yard run in tonight's game. And he is the star of our Rico review today. Fran Duffy has more on that touchdown by the rookie right here in the Rico review. So a rough start for the Eagles in this game. The Vikings jump out to a 24-3 lead in the second quarter. The first touchdown for the Eagles comes on a long pass from Carson Wentz to Miles Sanders. It's a familiar play. Let's take a look at how they set this up. And what you're going to see first, obviously this is Miles Sanders in the backfield next to Carson Wentz. You've got Nelson Aguilar coming on the jet sweep. So he's going to be coming from left to right. And that's a big part of what we're going to see here. The other unique part about this, this is really fun, is the how the Eagles use both of their tight ends. You're lined up in a YY formation. YY just meaning that you've got two tight ends, two Y tight ends right on the line of scrimmage on a condensed look here on the right side. So when you've got those two athletic tight ends here, two guys that are versatile, that can get down the field and even be vertical stretch options for you down the field, that's where the Eagles can get creative. And that's exactly what you're going to see here. They're going to catch the Vikings in a form of man coverage. And really what you've got is you've got Dallas guys and Zach Ertz running vertically. That's Ertz running an over route. Here's Zach Ertz. He's going to run down the seam. And all that's meant to do is just take these two defenders from Minnesota and remove them from the picture. So if you just kind of remove those guys and say, okay, they're not going to be a factor on this play. Now, you're also going to have this jet sweep action from Nelson that I brought up earlier. That's also just going to serve as eye candy. Give the defense at the second and third level something to look at here in the backfield. Really what you're trying to do is you're trying to get Miles Sanders, the rookie running back, matched up one-on-one -on -one with the linebacker, Eric Kendricks. That's the matchup that you're trying to get here. So when you remove these two players, you have the jet sweep to hopefully kind of minimize the rush and, and pull away from anybody's eyes. The one guy that Carson Wentz has to make sure he accounts for here is the safety, Anthony Harris. And what you're going to see from Carson is after the ball is snapped, he's going to drop back and his eyes are going to stay to that left side quickly. So his eyes are going to be there to hold that safety. And now you're just going to get Miles Sanders releasing down the seam. Again, those two tight ends here, they're going to be running out. That's going to open up a nice void for Miles Sanders to run through. We'll let this run and you can see exactly how this plays out. Out. Again, maintain focus on the relationship here between Miles Sanders and with Eric Kendricks. You can see the he's running right down the seam. There's the matchup. Great throw over the top. It's all created by those two tight ends that are stretching the defense vertically. You've got the horizontal stretch with 
the jet sweep from Nelson Aguilar. That helps create a big throw and catch from Carson Wentz to Miles Sanders. Always great stuff there from Fran Duffius, Duffius, Ducky. Okay, Fran Duffy, especially in the Rico review. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we will give you the Toyota Players of the Week nominee, and we will look ahead to the Eagles' next opponent, a night game on the road against the Cowboys, a division rival. We'll be right back. What are those? Deets nuts. Deets and Watson. Deets nuts. Those are nuts. Deets nuts aren't nut nuts. Deets nuts are meat nuts. Can I get one of those? Go ahead. Hey, Chris. How deets nuts taste? Are they delicious? What a fun snack. Deets and Watson. These nuts are meat nuts. Meat nuts. Now is your chance to vote for the Toyota Player of the Week. Go to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Toyota Player of the Week to cast your vote and get a chance at a brand new Toyota. This week, the nominees are Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, and Alshon Jeffrey. And uh, three really good choices there, Ike. Yeah, I like Miles Sanders. Yeah. I like Miles Sanders. I mean, the other two guys sort of did what we expect them to do when you put the ball up as much as they were able to put it up today. But I like Miles Sanders in the new role, right? I mean, they're trying to find a way to get him involved in this offense. And we talked about this offense sort of lacking uh, the ability to be explosive. Well, Miles Sanders is an explosive player. And it's a great job of these coaches finding a way to get him involved in this offense. I thought it helped out the passing game tremendously today. Yeah, I think it's kind of an, uh, an easy one here on Miles Sanders based on the big play. But look, Alshon Jeffrey gets a touchdown in this one. He caught uh, uh, 10 passes, uh, 12 attempts, 76 yards, and one touchdown. And he, out of all active players, leads the nation in touchdowns and receiving yards against the Vikings. So he just has their number out there in Minnesota, Ike. Yeah, I remember the big, what a big game in the, uh, the NFC Championship yeah. game, right? Caught the, uh, the deep touchdown against them. And caught a touchdown in Super Bowl 52 as well. Uh, so nice. he likes he likes when he sees the Vikings or when he's playing in Minnesota. And I'm sure if you talk to Alshon today, he would say he does not care how he did. He That's would rather true. have the win, um, as all these guys would. Of course, uh, Coach Doug Peterson saying in his press conference, look, we still have 10 games left. There is a lot of football to play, and uh, they're in a road. They're in a, a three-game road stretch. And it's going to be a tough one next week on the road against Dallas, uh, their next opponent. Dallas currently losing to the Jets right now, 7-3. to three. We'll see how that score holds uh, as the <laughs> day goes on. <laughs> um, but Dallas uh, currently 3-2. and two. Um, We'll see how they are at the end of the day. But it's gonna that should be a really good game, uh, you know, the division rival. But, I mean, this division is wide open, I think. Yeah, top two teams in this division get a chance to meet up for the first time this year, Sunday night. America's game going against that team down there on their field. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, the Eagles are looking forward to getting back out on the field and trying to get
get that winning taste back in their mouth, get this losing taste out of their mouth. What better way to do it than against your chief rival in this division, a team that you expect to be sort of neck and neck with as it pertains to winning this division. And so first game, you get a chance to see them next week. Hey, what a way to get a victory. Go down there and get one. Very high stakes in that one, but as the, uh, as we always say around here, it is the most important game because it is the next game. That game kickoff at 8.20, so we will be back here at 7.50 p.m. with the kickoff show, Fran Duffy and myself, and then, of course, the post-game show presented by Rico. Ike Reese, as always, will be yeah. joining us. Uh, we will see you next week when we get ready for that one. Have a good one, everyone.